brothers of the word, because brother, you need the word. And today I want to just use as our opening scripture a passage that you're all familiar with, Psalms 118, verses 24 and 25. And it says, this is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord, O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. For those of you who have children, you may have taken them to see the movie starring a little mouse called Stuart Little. They actually made several of the Stuart Little movies. And, and in the first Stuart Little movie, when, when Stuart Little, the little mouse, went outside and, and as he was walking on the sidewalk, he, he just began to scream out in joy and in ecstasy. He began to scream out two words. And those two words were, it's today, it's today, it's today. And, and Stuart Little was just walking down the sidewalk, just screaming out, it's today. And they asked Stuart, they said, well, what's so special about today? And he said, it's today, it's today. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, it's today. And when you understand that this is the day that the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it. And I just want to talk to you today about today, just from that one simple subject of today. So many of us, we focus on both two days that actually we can do absolutely zero about. We focus upon yesterday. And sometimes we lament and moan and complain and bellyache and sometimes even just completely live in the past, dealing with what has happened to us yesterday, both the good and the bad. And, and there we, we sit in the days living our lives based upon yesterday. You cannot get yesterday back. Yesterday is a gone and a forlorn thing. It's over with. It's not a zip. Yesterday is gone. And too often we focus on the other day called tomorrow. And tomorrow is promised to no man or woman. There's nothing that you can do to guarantee tomorrow or the things that will happen with tomorrow because you just don't know even when Jesus is coming. So you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You can do nothing about yesterday and you cannot guarantee tomorrow. The only day, the only time period, the only sliver in, in the eternal stream of time that you have control over, that you can truly influence, is the moment of time called now, and it is the day called today. And you see, it is what you do today that will shape your tomorrow. See. 99% of the time, actually 99.9% .9 of the time, when you've got a bad today, it's because of something that you did with the today that you had before. And, and if you live today right, it is the best thing that you can do to guarantee success tomorrow. 
You can't guarantee it, but you can sure increase probabilities. If you just live today. Today actually is a combination of two words. The word to, T-O, and day. And just even the word to, it means in a direction toward, so as to reach. What are you really reaching for today? The, the richest man in America, Bill Gates, the founder of the Microsoft Corporation, had as his slogan, when you saw any Microsoft product, he had one sentence as the slogan. Richest man in the country, virtually the richest man in the world, had one slogan. The slogan was simply this, where do you want to go today? Turn to the person next to you and ask them that question. Where do you want to go today? Now, now see, a lot of times people, we, we will sometimes talk about what we want to do way down the road. But what you're going to do way down the road will be determined by what you make up your mind to do today. Today. What are you going towards? What are you reaching for? What are you gravitating to? What road are you traveling today? And I want to challenge you. I want to give you some information of some stuff that you can start doing today, not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, not next year. You see, oftentimes what happens, even we'll wait on some special days to start some stuff. We, we wait on, you know, on my birthday, I'm going to start, I'm going to change some stuff. You know, we'll wait, you know, come New Year's, New Year, I'm going to change some stuff. You know, you know, I, as soon as my children get grown and get out of the house, I'm going to do some stuff then. Do, do you understand? You know, as soon as I turn 30, I'm going to really do some stuff then. We, we're waiting on a time down in the future of where we're going to do some stuff when. People, I want to challenge you that you need to start doing the things that will really take you where you truly want to go today. Turn again to the person next to you and tell them today, not tomorrow, not yesterday, today. I want you to start some stuff. I'm going to give you some outlines of some stuff. I want you to start some stuff this very day before the sun goes down on this day. I want you to start on a new path in life. I want you to start moving towards some goals that you have and some dreams that you have and some things that you have so that you're not stuck. In the nation called procrastination. So that you're not stuck in, in the aisle called someday aisle. You know, some people just live on that island. You know, someday aisle. So that you're not stuck on those islands. Start this stuff. Start making some changes in your life this very day, today. And when you make that thing up in your mind, you can leave this service. I'm not just talking about with an emotional good feel. Too many of us, we want emotional good feels. And, and we come back to church every week just to feel good. People, you need to change some stuff if we want to get some stuff new in our lives. If I want something new, I've got to do something new. I cannot keep, you know, as a matter of fact, if, if I want something better, I've got to do something different. Because if I keep doing the same thing, oftentimes it just gets worse. So, so I, I, I've got to do something. I've got to go up. I, I've got to do some changing in my life if I want to get things better and different. And you have to make up your mind that I want a different and I want a better life. And I don't care who you are. 
I don't care where you stand in life. You may think I've got it all together. No, you don't. I don't have it all together. I've got some things that I honestly need to improve on. And people, do you know when I need to start that? Today! I've got some things that I need to improve on, and and I need to start some of those things today. Because if I don't start it today, people, it is a psychological fact that, that the longer you wait after you have decided that you need to make a change, it becomes exponentially, inversely proportional to you accomplishing it the longer you wait. Let me explain what I mean by that. If you know you need to make a change and you wait one day to get started, well, there's a decent probability that maybe you might get it done. You wait a week, and now the probability has moved exponentially, inversely proportional that you get it done. Meaning that if you, it's not just seven times less likely that you're going to get it done. It's about 49 times less likely. You, make, when you wait a month, you can't remember what you wanted to do. <laughs> do. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, see, many of you, not only have you not done your New Year's resolutions, you can't even remember what they were. The longer you wait to put a change into action, the more difficult it becomes to do it and the more comfortable you get in the rut where you are and the less likely you will ever get it accomplished. So I I want to challenge you to do some things, to get some things changed in your life, and I'm going to challenge you to begin those things today. I'm going to talk about three particular areas just in terms of of where many of us need our lives together. See, the, the verse in Psalms, this is the day which the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad. And that's Psalms 118, verse 24. Many people know that verse, but very few people know the verse that follows that. And it simply says, Say now, I beseech thee, O Lord, O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. In other words, David was simply saying, Yeah, I need some money. When you, when you boil this thing down, now, how many of you all out there in the audience right now, how many of you all looking at me on television or listening electronically, how many of you all need some money? Not just some money, more money. See, there's a difference. You, you already have some money. I mean, how many of you, and that's basic. David, after he got all this, this is the day that the Lord, after he got through with all that, he said, send me some prosperity. And when did he say send it? Now, 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 some of you want some more money. If you want some more money in the next decade, then just bookmark this sermon and come back and listen to it ten years later. But if you need it when? Now, if you need it now, if you need it today, then you need to open up your ears, perk up, and listen right now. First thing, I'm going to give you five quick things just in in each area. And if you need more money right now, first thing you need to do is get in financial covenant with God. God is the source of everything. And if you are a Christian, and if you are not properly giving... And, and here, what we do before each offering is simply ask people to bow their heads for a few seconds and ask God, Lord, what shall I give today? You all remember, I gave you the story of a testimony while I did it after I just gotten a big check. And God said, would you trust me with it all? And that thing tore me apart. I had to wrestle with it. I had to sweat with it. I, I rebuked the devil. Everything else, I, I mean, I just didn't want to hear that thing. And all, that thing tore me apart. And I finally just had to relent and say, Lord, I said, all right, I, I got this big check, one of the biggest checks that ever gotten in my life. I said, Lord, I'm going to trust you with it. Oh, that thing just nearly tore me to pieces. 
I cannot even tell you the full story of what happened behind that. Because God blessed me where the money came back supernaturally within two months. And not only did it come back, but it, it came with a permanent stream that multiplied that thing every two months. Now, now, it was so powerful, he said, you can't even tell the folk about it because they'll get mad if you tell them that you won't let them in on it. <laughs> but he said, I couldn't. And it never would have happened if I had not been willing to give that which he asked. And he, he didn't, he said, would you trust me with it? Turn to the person and ask them, would you trust God with your money? Now see, if you can't trust God with your money, why do you think God can trust you with all of his stuff? So number one, you need to get in financial covenant with God with your money. Number two, and this is the thing that I want you to do when? Now, today, there is a book that I want you to go and buy. And I want you to read it. The book is called The Richest Man in Babylon. It's an old classic book, actually written in 1926. It is the book that my mother read that changed her financial destiny and greatly influenced my father and even the destiny of all, my, all of our businesses. It's called The Richest Man in Babylon by George S. Clausen. Now, I did not get the book and bring it here in the bookstore. And there's a reason why I didn't do that. Because you got to go get it on your own. And if you don't have the gumption to get out to the bookstore and get it on your own, it's only probably 10 or $12 for the book. It's not very expensive. But you, you know, that's why Jesus, when he taught, do you ever notice how much Jesus taught on a mountain? And I often wonder, why didn't Jesus teach down in the valley? Why he make the folk struggle and climb up this mountain to hear him? See, some of this stuff you got to climb. If you're not willing to get out and get the book, when? Today, go out to the book, you find that book today, and you begin reading it, and it will start to change. You will learn the five laws of gold, and you need to understand this stuff. This is the knowledge that makes people wealthy, but you've got to get the knowledge. You generally will never hear this from the pulpit. It's written in the book. It's what the world's richest people read and understand and know, and the knowledge is available to you, but you've got to get up, and you've got to go get it. You've got to read it, and you need to do it now. So when you leave this service before the sun goes down today, you go and you find the book, The Richest Man in Babylon, and you read it. And by the time you finish reading that book, it will begin to change your financial world. Number three, you need to start being excellent in your work. Whatever you do, you need to start being excellent in your work. Martin Luther King said, you are sweet street sweeper. Sweet streets like Michelangelo painted pictures. You know, you need to be the greatest and the best of your ability of whatever you do. Whatever you do, you need to be excellent at that thing. Whatever your work is, if you are a housewife, you need to be the best housewife in the world. Whatever your work is. You need to be excellent in your, in your work. There's something about prosperity that comes to people of excellence. You need to be excellent in your work. Many of us, we just try to do the bare minimum to get by and expect great promotion. It doesn't work that way. Whatever you do, you need to be excellent in your work. Number four, you need to make a budget. Without exception... Whenever we have issues of where we have to help financially members of the church, they never know how much they're spending, without, without exception. 
They never know how much they're spending, without exception. They never have a budget. They never have it written down. If you ask, what are all your expenses? They're, mm. they, they, never, they, they never know. So you write the stuff down of how much is coming in and how much is going out. It's the first principle of financial accumulation. Is the first of all be able to count. Jesus said, what man buildeth a house without first counting the cost? In other words, he said, what man going to build a house with no budget? You can't run a house with no budget, not well. So even Jesus understood the value of making a budget. What man buildeth a house without first counting the cost? Number five. Forgive someone else's debt. See, we always want our supernatural debt cancellation, but we want every dying folk of us with interest. So, so forgive someone else's debt. Someone who owes you some money, go to them and say, look, my brother, listen, the money that you owe, I forgive. See, we, we, we want to come and give a big testimony about how our debt has been miraculously wiped away, and we want every dime someone owes us. You know, and, and it's in the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We forget that part. Lord, wipe these bills off of me, but I don't want to forgive anyone of what they owe me. Forgive someone else's debt. And you say, well, look, I'm, I'm going to have less money if I do that. Chances are they're probably not going to pay you anyway. There's a good probability of that. But you get it spiritually cleared and you forgive someone else's debt. It sets up a vibration in the spirit for God to be able to forgive some of your stuff. That's, those are five things just to, to, to start moving yourself into an arena of greater financial prosperity. Five things that you can do Today, the next big issue that we have, just to, even in the issue of our health, it, it, the New Year's resolutions that are always made, the majority of them are going to be involving health and money. I'm going to give you five quick things that you can do. And when do you need to start these? Today. First thing you need to do is start exercising regularly. That's just plain and simple, and it's down to earth. It's the number one medical factor in health. Just start exercising regularly. You can have a thousand excuses in the world. There, there's, a, there's a thousand of them, and how many do you need to stop you? One. There's a thousand good excuses of why you don't exercise, and all you need is just one excuse to stop you. That's all you need is one excuse. You need to start exercising regularly, and you need to start when? Today. Some of you need to get out of here. You may just need to get up in the aisle right now and just start jumping up and down. You need to start today. Because if you put it off to Saturday, you're not going to do it. You put it off to Wednesday, you're not going to do it. The further off you put it off, the less likely it is that you'll get to it and the less likely it is that you'll do it. You need to start exercising and you need to start exercising today. Number two, you need to start drinking at least 64 ounces of water every day. Everyone knows that's a, that's a doctor-recommended minimum that you need to drink eight eight-ounce glasses of water every day. Now, you may need more than that, but most people just can't. You, that's just the minimum. The body is 80% water, and when you don't drink water, all kind of stuff go to happen to your body. A whole lot of the medical conditions that we have, they're directly related to the lack of drinking water. And that's another one of the things. Whenever I deal with someone that has major illness, I ask them that one simple question. Do you drink any I've never had anyone tell me, yeah, I drink water. I drink plenty. Every time, I don't really drink anymore. Just don't drink it. Just don't drink it. Just don't drink it. Just drink it. Just drink it. We have free water here. <laughs> now, when do you need to start drinking your 64 ounces minimum of water every Today! 
See, don't put that stuff off. Say, I'm going to, and there's a, there's a million excuses why you can't drink any water. Pastor, you know, I'm going to have to get up and go to the bathroom if I drink some water. Well, look, it's better to drink some water and go to the bathroom than not drink your water and you stopped up and can't go to the bathroom. <laughs> so, because that's going to start creating a whole lot of other problems. So, drink at least 64 ounces of water every day. Number three, start eating at least five servings of fresh fruit and vegetables every day. Again, this, this, this is just minimum government regulations and recommendations. And too often, we just, we, we're away from the old time, what grandma and grandpa used to do with fresh fruits and vegetables, and we eating all these fast, processed, dead foods that's clogging us up and making us sick. You all know you need to eat your vegetables and fruit. You know it. So every day, the government tells you some really pretty good stuff if we would just listen. Start eating at least five servings of fresh fruits and vegetables every day. And when are you going to start that? Today. So if you have me, I know some of you, all you've had is grits and eggs and bacon and toast this morning. All that stuff clogged up and kill you. Go out and get you some fresh fruit. Go out and get you some apples. Just, just the benefit of just an apple a day of what it does and a banana and strawberries and grapes and all that stuff. It'll change your health. Start that today. At least five servings of fresh fruits and vegetables. Number four, get into bed early. Rest is critical. The, 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 one of the major things that's causing us so much pride is just stress. And a lot of the stress is just because we don't go to bed. We're up all night watching late night TV. Up, and, and you haven't had any sleep. Get in the bed. Turn to the person and tell them, get in the bed. And if you're single, get in the bed by yourself. You need to put that in there. So get in the bed. So some of us get in the bed early, but we get in the bed with the wrong folk doing the wrong thing. So get in the bed early. Number five, get some fresh air every day. There's, there's just a purifying and a regenerative power in just fresh air. We live our lives so much in the air-conditioned, sterilized, electronically charged world. Just get out in the fresh air. Take you some deep breathing. If you ever study yoga and many of the other Eastern arts of healing, all of them involve breathing and breathing in natural, pure, fresh air. Get up early in the morning. Go outside and just take ten deep breaths and you, you'll be surprised how rejuvenated you'll feel just from fresh air. I want to tell you about five things to get your spirit in shape. My time is about out, so I'm going to go through these quick. Number one, pray every day. If you pray every day, you know what that does to your spirit. God told me to, you know, spend an hour a day in prayer and meditation. When I miss that hour, stuff just happens to my spirit. I get tense. I get irritable. You can't stick. You understand? Stuff get on your nerves. When you pray every day, there's something about it that brings the peace of God with you. And when you don't pray, there's something about it that brings the hell of the devil with it. So pray every day. Number two, study every day. You need God's Word. And, and, and even we're getting ready to launch AirJesusRadio.com so people can just listen 24. And you'll be surprised just what listening to the Word of God will do to your spirit and to keep you charged. It just does something to you. Study every day. Study the Word of God. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. Number three, help someone every day someone every day. When you make it a focus to help someone every day, no matter how small, it changes your spirit because it keeps you from becoming so self-centered. 
Just help someone, no matter how small it is, help someone every day. Number four, give thanks for something every day. When you give thanks for at least one thing every day, too many of, of us in America have gotten into the habit, all we do is just complain about stuff. All that, just give thanks for at least one thing every day. There's so much around you that you can be thankful for. At least one thing every day give thanks for. Number five, give thanks to someone every day. So many people have helped us, have done so much for us. They do so much for us. If we just, you know, we just got out of the habit of simply saying, I thank you for this. I thank you for that. I thank you for being this. I thank you. Give God thanks and give a human being thanks for something every single day. Five things in three different areas. People get and listen to this over and, and, and listen to this over when? Today. Get the CD, go to the online word and download it. This is sermon number 5328. Listen to this again today. Write these points down. Every single one of these things you can do today. You can start changing your life right now. You can make a difference. You can make an improvement. Don't wait until tomorrow. Don't procrastinate. Get out of that nation of procrastination. Make your mind up that I am going to change my world and I am going to do this thing today. We thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word. If you'd like to hear this sermon again, simply go to airjesus.com. It's sermon number 5328 today. If you'd like to send it to a friend, just go to airjesus.com. You can email it to a friend absolutely free of charge. We thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the Word. People, I thank you all for just attending, for coming out, for joining, for sharing, for being a part of this ministry today. This ends message number 5328 by Nathaniel Bronner. To hear other messages or to send this message number 5328 to a friend, simply go to com and theonlineword.com. This has been message number 5328. Listen to com and theonlineword.com often and keep your spirit charged up.